0: Again, that's duke.comeonmanpod.com. Don't smell like a little bitch. What's up, everybody? You're listening to Come On Man, a 3% Man podcast. I'm your host, Paul Bauer, and I am on the road to being a 3% man, just like you. If you are new to the show, this is a podcast for fellow students of Corey Wayne's book, How to Be a 3% Man, and for men who just want to be better in general. We talk about dating, gaining wealth, being happy, and using the law of attraction to get everything we want in life. Welcome, everybody. We're several weeks into the podcast now, and the feedback keeps coming back so positive. Sincerely, I I want to thank each and every one of you uh, for tuning in every week and, you know, joining in on discussions on the 3% Man Board and just being, you know, active in our little community. Uh, it's, It's super awesome. You know, we share so much knowledge with each other. Um, and, and, you know, one thing I I don't, I, I think I may have mentioned it in a previous episode, but you know, I, I tried podcasting before and it, it was just too difficult. You know, I, I once had uh, a political show, uh, and I was trying to do it on a weekly basis, but you have to always, you know, stay up to date on the current events. And that was just like, shit, I had to sit down and like read all these news articles and write out a script. And it was just you know, this is supposed to be fun. You know, it's supposed to be just a hobby and that ended up being a full-time job. So I I stopped doing that. And then also years ago, I had a tech show on YouTube called Tech Chop. It's still there. You could go on YouTube and check it out. It's pretty fucking dated now though. (laughs) But it wasn't even that good either because for the same reason, uh, when I first started that, I would do it once a month. And so I could actually put like my heart and soul into it and, 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 you know put together a pretty decent episode but then i got sponsors for it and they wanted an episode every week and so it became another full-time job and it was just too much work you know so same reason i had to constantly think of okay what what am i going to talk about this time now come on man uh this podcast has been effortless so far you know like i'll i'll be sitting on the couch and i'll come up with an idea i'll i'll, I'll read a book or something and i'll come up with an idea or You know, I'll just do a Zoom call with one of you guys and I could talk to, so far, you know, I could talk to you guys for hours. Um, So, you you know, those episodes are super easy to put together and I can also record multiple episodes in a week and, excuse me, I can do multiple episodes in a week and just schedule them out and it's just like, it's just been so fun. To make this, so uh, thank you for tuning in. Now, this week's episode, uh, I, I kind of want to do an intro on building wealth because you know I have that as you know our opener and one of our topics. As you know, one of the things we talk about in the show, you know, being a three percent man is all-encompassing. It's not just about being good with women. I think you know I feel like it's about being a better man in general, and a part of that is working on your purpose. And for some of us, our purpose is to build wealth. Um, I'm going to talk about it in a, in a little bit uh, about one of the books that I've read that talks about, you know, why building wealth is, you know, for you religious guys. Uh, I don't know how many of you on the page are religious or atheist or whatever. That's neither here nor there. But, you know, one of the books I talk about, uh, in, you know, coming up here, the, the author argues that, Building wealth is actually doing God's work because the more money that you have, the more that you can enjoy God's creation, and you you know the more money you have to help other people with. So, um, you know whether you believe in that or not is neither here nor there, but you know it's something to strive for. So, speaking of books on this uh, on that, uh, I, I'm I'm going to kind of go through some of this stuff. I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the books that I've read on building wealth. Uh, I've read tons of books on it. So I'm just going to keep it to a select few that I think are very helpful. I'm going to talk about things that I'm doing now that are are working pretty well for me. And, um, you know, I might even touch on some things that haven't worked so well. (laughs) So we'll get into that, uh, you know, coming up. Uh, but first, you know, let's talk about some of these books. So the first book I'm going to talk about and it is pretty much going to be the, you know, the, the theme of that book is what's going to be what I'm going to really get into uh, a little bit more detail about in this episode. Uh, and that's called Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. It's a phenomenal book. Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey. I can't recommend it enough. It's on my, like list of top 10 life changing books because, um, I wish it, it has information in it. Kind of like 3% man where, you know, you wish that you've, know, you, you learned this when you were younger. You know, my parents didn't know anything about this shit. He didn't know anything about, or they didn't know anything about investments. You know, they always made it seem like, um, you know, money is something that's really hard to get. You have to work really fucking hard for it and, and stuff like that. Um but Dave Ramsey breaks it down into you know a, a wealth build building system that literally anyone can fucking do. It is such a genius strategy um that I'm going to share a little bit uh with you um today. You know, obviously I I I'm not going to be able to cover everything that's in that book. So, I highly recommend you you guys if you're, you know, building wealth and retiring, you know, rich is something that Is a a goal for you, like it is for me. I highly recommend that book. Uh, The next book I'm I'm gonna, you know, that I read that I'm gonna mention is uh, Money Mastering the Game by Tony Robbins. And uh, you know, a lot of people love Tony Robbins, and he's a hell of a fucking speaker. But I'll tell you this: after going through Total Money Makeover, and um, I also uh, went through Dave Ramsey's. Uh, Financial Peace University, but to be honest, it's just an, you know, an extended version of Total Money Makeover, and really, the only you only really need to read Total Money Makeover. But uh, Money Mastering the Game by Tony Robbins, in my opinion, is almost a complete ripoff of Total Money Makeover. He basically comes up with the same strategies that Dave Ramsey does. He just has a slightly different take, which I'll talk about. Um, another book that's just as fascinating to read in general is the millionaire millionaire next door by Thomas Stanley. And that book is interesting because, you know, a lot of people, when they think of wealthy people, they think of someone like, I don't know, Donald Trump or, um, what's his name? Richard Branson, the, the guy who runs uh, virgin, you know, you think of these like billionaire playboys that walk around in suits and ties and they, you know, they have, you know, private jets and limos and shit like that. But uh, when Thomas Stanley did his study of millionaires, most most millionaires aren't like that. They're very like frugal people. They don't spend money on lavish things, you know instead of buying um, you know fucking Ferraris and stuff like that, they buy you know very reliable like Fords. <laughs> you know, They don't buy these you know, multi-million dollar mansions all the time. Sometimes they buy, you know, a $500,000 house in the suburbs, you know, you would never know that they're millionaires because they're not all, not, not like most millionaires aren't super flashy. So, uh, they're just, you know, really good with money. Uh, another book I read, which is a good book, but I don't think, um, it really gives you like in-depth strategy is uh rich dad, poor dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I mean, it's a, you know, Multi-time bestseller, and it's fascinating. And he talks about, uh, you know, basically a, a really good thing he talks about is the the mindset between uh, his poor dad, which was his biological dad, and and who he calls his rich dad, which was his friend's dad. That he would always go over to to that guy's house, and that guy taught Robert Kiyosaki about money. And uh, you know, a good theme in that book is that we don't really learn about money in school. We learn how to work for a living, you know, and even then what they teach us in school is, is basically useless. So what he seriously recommends is learning about money and how money works and how, you know, at least in America, you know, we have the fractional reserve system. And so basically, you know, we all live off of monopoly money. And so Robert Kiyosaki, you know, asserts that, uh, if you really want to get rich, you can take advantage of our monetary system and borrow money and use that, you know, for investments that, uh, you know, what he calls, uh, you know, our investments that invest for cash flow, right? So he, a lot of his stuff is buying real estate. So by um, if you get if you buy yourself an apartment complex, you have constant cash flow coming in because you have. You know the recurring rent payments and stuff like that. So that's that's just you know very high level. But you know he he also talks about the difference between um, assets and liabilities. And you know one of the things that he differs on, or a couple of things he differs on, one is borrowing. Um, You know I say differs on differs on from Dave Ramsey. He he's all about you know getting into debt and using debt to build wealth, whereas Dave Ramsey is like no debt, <laughs> you know, zero debt, never use a credit card, shit like that. Robert Kiyosaki's like, no, no, you, you, you need to borrow money to make money. And, um, so there's, you know, different philosophies there. Um, another thing he talks about, you know, Dave Ramsey talks about your house is like your, is an investment. Whereas Robert Kiyosaki says, no, your house is not an investment. It's a liability. And, you know, I can, I can see both sides, Of that argument, Uh, but Robert Kiyosaki's argument is that you buy a house, you live in it, but when shit breaks, you got to pay to fix it. So it's actually taking money out of your pocket uh, when you have to do stuff like that. And anything that takes money out of your pocket is a liability, according to Robert Kiyosaki. Um, Another book by Robert Kiyosaki that I think is a good book is another good book is called Fake. And, you know, he a lot of the, the theme in that book is how he feels like our monetary system is going to collapse someday. Um, and I've seen lots of things about that. You know, we uh, are trillions of dollars in uh, debt as far as uh, the national debt goes. And it's almost like a big pyramid scheme because we keep printing more money. So that book, a lot of that is about uh, hedging your you know, your uh, other investments by buying gold and silver which, uh, which I do. Um, I, I, I put in about, uh, $200 a month. I think right now it's really not that much, but I, I have a gold line account and, you know, $200 a month. So a hundred dollars worth of silver, a hundred dollars worth of gold every month, you know, and I just, I have it on autopilot, so I don't even think about it. Um, you know, cause it's always, it's always good to have that. And he calls that God's money because, you know, no matter what kind of paper money and, fractional reserve system we have gold has always throughout history been worth something you know so if all this fake you know the books called fake all this fake money eventually goes away you'll still have something valuable that you know other people won't have and so you'll have a, a leg up on them if you have what he calls god's money you know gold and silver uh, another great book, uh, and a lot of the guys, a lot of you guys on the page have have read it, and uh, I think that's where I I got you know the idea to read this from is uh, "Think and Grow Rich" by Napoleon Hill. Now, now "Think and Grow Rich" is a fascinating book. Um, one of the guys that I admire a lot, I talk about a lot, is Bob Proctor, and Bob Proctor spent <laughs> something like sixty years reading and rereading "Think and Grow Rich," kind of like how we're all supposed to be reading and rereading 3 Percent Man." Uh, you know, Bob Proctor read that book for over and over again for, for 60 plus years. And, uh, a lot of that has to do with the law of attraction, but, um, a big portion of that is having a good idea and setting goals. And so, you know, you, you can't get, you can't become a millionaire if you don't set that as a goal for yourself. Like by the time I retire at you know 60 years old or 55 or whatever you want to retire at i'm going to have you know 10 million dollars in the bank and you have to set that as your your definite goal and burn that into your subconscious mind so that your subconscious mind drives you to that and you might not know how you're going to get there but just having that in your subconscious mind according to napoleon hill you, you're, you're eventually going to come up with a grand idea that will get you there. And like, he talks about some of the greatest, you know, wealthiest people in our, in, in our history. Um, Cause that book came out in like 1936 or 1937. And he talks about like Henry Ford and, um, you know, Thomas Edison and, um, uh, what's his name? Andrew Carnegie. And how all those guys basically got rich because of how they thought and they set goals and they, you know, were persistent at those goals and they achieved the wealth that they they wanted. So that's a great book uh, on that subject. Uh, th- another one that's on the same subject as The Science of Getting Rich by Wallace D. Waddles that came out in 1911. And that's 100% about the law of attraction. <laughs> that book is all about, you know, Putting, you know, not just having a thought in your subconscious, but having feeling and emotion behind that thought, will attract riches into your life. Now, um, I already did an episode on the law of attraction, so that's what not what we're going to be focusing on in this episode. But uh, those are great books if if you're if you're into that sort of thing. Now, this episode's going to really focus more on Dave Ramsey's Total Money Makeover type strategy because i feel like, you know, the, the law of attraction stuff, it's one of those things where you either believe it or you don't believe it. You know, it's it's almost like it's almost like religion, although there's a lot of science-based stuff behind it. So this this episode's not going to be on that. It's going to be this is going to be on a practical method that literally anyone can do to to retire wealthy. The only people that i think will struggle with this strategy are people that are already um, close to retirement age, and they have no savings because those guys are behind the eight ball, and uh, they're they're not going to be able to make enough using this method, which is you know almost like a saver's method, uh, because there's just not enough time left. This this method really um, favors people that start early in life. You know, if you're an 18-year-old kid right now listening to this podcast, fucking start right now because you could probably retire at my age if you do this. Um, I'm going to tell you right now. So let's get into it a little bit. Um, One thing I will say that like a a key point in the total money makeover strategy and pretty much every rich person will tell you this is, is you need to pay yourself first, right? So when you get money in, and Robert Kiyosaki's book talks about this too, when you get paid, you know, let's say you have a job, you work at McDonald's, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> uh, you're probably not working at McDonald's though if you're, you know, listening to this sort of thing. Um, but if you are, whatever, you know, you know, no judgment. Um, but when you get that paycheck, you want to pay yourself first, right? That means like a lot of people get their money and they immediately spend it on booze or women or they, you know... Pay bills or whatever, and then they have they have no money until the next payday, and they're like, "Fuck, what happened to all that?" Um, really, you want to pay yourself first, and the way you know Dave Ramsey does it is you know with investments and stuff like that, and I'll get into that. But basically, Dave Ramsey has a genius. Plan called the uh, called the baby steps, right? He has seven baby steps to financial freedom. So the first baby step is what is uh, called the uh, the emergency fund. So what he wants you to do is uh, when you get your your paycheck, you first thing you do is you take you know whatever you can afford out of that. So maybe like ten percent of that paycheck or fifteen percent of that paycheck, and you sock it away in a savings account as an emergency fund and. You keep doing that every payday until you have a thousand dollars in there. That's your emergency fund, because what a lot of people do, if they have an emergency, let's like say they have a, you know, a broken windshield, or I don't know, I'm trying to think of an emergency. They get in a car wreck or something. They need to fix a, or they, the, you know, maybe the engine blows, or I don't know, some car breaks down. If they have an emergency. What they do is they take it to the shop and they put it on the credit card. You know, so maybe a four hundred dollar repair here and then you have another emergency. Fuck, now that's another, you know, seven hundred dollars on the card. And next thing you know, you're you got twenty thousand dollars of fucking credit card debt. And you're like, how the fuck did this happen? Well, the amazing thing, if you put a thousand dollars away into an emergency fund and when your car breaks down, you pay out of that emergency fund, uh it's it's not much of an emergency anymore because you have money set aside for that. Now Dave Ramsey, uh, recommends putting it into a savings account because it's, uh, easily accessed. I prefer an Acorns account because, um, you know, Dave Ramsey doesn't like the idea of Acorns, uh, but I, I don't think he understands the the full concept of it, but Acorns is great. Uh, if you have never heard of Acorns, they're not a sponsor of the show at all. Um, I just love it because it's almost like a savings account except for, uh, your money is actually being invested in uh, ETFs and uh, index funds and stuff like that, and you can set your portfolio on aggressive or moderate or you know super safe where they're only investing in bonds. But the thing is, is that uh, when you put the money in there, it actually grows. You know, whereas you put it in a savings account, you're basically losing money. You know, with the way interest rates work right now, you're basically losing money if you put it in a savings account. So I like to have my money in Acorns account because it grows faster. Um, it's actually, in, in, you know, invested. Um, so that's, you know, and another thing I like about Acorns too is uh, over a, a savings account is a savings account is too easily to be accessed. So if you are one of those people that likes to buy shit, like to buy crap all the time, then <laughs> having that $1,000 isn't going to stay in your savings account you're gonna fucking spend it on t-shirts or whatever but when it's in an acorns account it actually takes like uh three to six business days to get that back so you have to really you can't just you can't just go and buy shit with it you have to like really think oh fuck do i do i want this you know because i'm gonna to have to wait three to six days to get that money out um so what i do for the uh I actually do both now. Um, I have a thousand dollars in a savings account for, because I got, you know, I, I got really good at it. And then, um, I have acorns for, you know, I call it cash for stuff, you know, or if, you know, if there's, I have a lot of stuff, um, you know, like a big emergency that's over a thousand dollars that I can, I can pull it out of the acorns and then offset that with a credit card. And then I just pay the credit card off with the money I pull out of acorns. So I always keep a zero balance on that credit card. Um, but you know so that's the first step $1000 emergency fund and um you know you can do it in a savings account or acorns like I like doing it um and then you know like i said when you have an emergency you know you just you pull out of that and then when you get paid again you you go back to baby step 1 here and and just fill that back up until you have a, uh, an emergency fund again the next step in the baby steps is uh i call it the debt snowball but it's really you pay off your debts and uh, the way the debt snowball method works, a lot of people argue against it because mathematically it doesn't make sense, uh, which I agree with. However, and I, and I say that because uh, you know a lot of people say to pay off your debts, you want to line it up by which debts are um, the highest interest and you want to pay off your highest interest debts first because the highest interest debts are costing you more money. But if you were good at math to begin with you wouldn't have all that debt according to Dave Ramsey so use his method the debt snowball method and I've I've used that to get out of debt and it fucking works great because you get quick wins fast and you're actually able to pay off your debt way faster with this method so the way that works is you actually instead of lining your debts up by interest rates you line it up by your smallest debt to highest debt so let's say uh, you have a car you know, you have a car payment. You only owe, you know, four thousand dollars left on that. But you have twenty thousand dollars in credit card debt. You have forty thousand dollars in student loans, and then you let's say you have a house uh, that's a hundred thousand dollars. You line it all up to the smallest. So the smallest one would be your, uh, you know, your car payment. And what you do? So all that money that you're putting in your emergency fund—that ten to fifteen percent you now want to take that money and start uh, putting extra on your lowest debt first So the money that you're putting in your emergency fund you now swing that over and start throwing that at your debt. so you all the other debts you pay the minimum amount that you would be paying normally but on your lowest debt you start throwing that emergency fund percentage extra at it so that that debt gets paid off as fast as possible. then, you take the uh, that 10% that you were throwing extra at that debt, you take the amount that you were throwing at that debt, and now you snowball that into the next highest one. So now it's uh, what your credit card that I said you have $20,000 on. So now you're you pay your normal credit card payment plus what you were paying on the car plus that 10% that you had in your emergency fund until that's all paid off. Then you take... Everything that you were paying on that, you know, the, the minimum payment there, plus your, uh, you know, the ten percent emergency fund, plus what you were paying on the car. Now you throw that at your student loans, right? You see how that snowballs? Like every little bit more is gets thrown at the next one into a literal snowball where you're eventually debt free. And it's it's such a genius method, and you get these quick wins, and it feels so good when you f- pay off one debt, and then you're like, "Fuck yeah, I'm gonna use this," you know, throw this money at the next one, and then you start seeing that going down fast. Oh my god, it's a great feeling. It's such a good feeling. And another, you know, great thing, uh, you know, uh, which I'll get into here in the the third baby steps, which is once you get all you know all that paid off. Then you take all that money you were paying on your debts and you start throwing it at your emergency fund again until you have three to six months worth of savings. And that means, you know, you you, you want to, for all this, you know, Dave recommends, you know, setting a really good budget so that you know where every dollar is going. So by now you should, you know, after you've read that book, you should have a budget already set up. So you should know like what your expenses cost you every month. So what you want to do is count up all of your expenses, food, um, you know, clothing, you know, all your, you know, utility bills and stuff like that, and you know how much you're paying per month, and you want to times that by three or six, and then you want to take all that money you were throwing at your debt snowball and throw it into your emergency fund until you have that saved. Now, he talks about having once you have this six months uh, savings in your emergency fund, then You actually have a lot of power now because when you go to work, if you don't like your job, you can just fucking quit your job and because you have no bills, right? You have no like serious debt to pay, you you know, and then you also have enough money to sustain yourself for three to six months. So, you know, if your employer is a fucking douche, you're like, you know what? Fuck you, man. I'm out. And they're like, what what are you going to do for money? Be like, got an emergency fund, brother. (laughs) <laughs> you know so then you don't have to be so stressed about work and you can also you know now you're you're free to sort of maybe take some more risks and maybe get a better job and make more money so there's some there's some other benefits there besides just having you know extra money for savings also you know if you have a, an issue like covid right covid's a perfect example of why you should have that because a lot of people are you know their businesses are all fucking shut down and so they can't work so they can't make money. And, um, but if you have six months worth of savings, you know, you, you can get by, you know, until you find something else to do. So it's a, it's in general, you know, even if your goal is not to be rich when you retire, it's a fucking smart idea. Right. Um, so then the, that brings me to the next baby step. The fourth baby step is to invest and, um, really, you know, uh, I feel like you should sort of be doing this anyway, and this goes to paying yourself first, and um, especially uh, you know with if you're investing in a in a in a company four hundred one k program, because uh, that that com- that that is that's getting pulled directly out of your paycheck. It's pre tax dollars, and uh, your company is actually doing that for you, putting it in your four hundred one k before you even get your paycheck. So that is you know paying yourself first is paying future you. You know, before you you get your paycheck, you know, before you divvy it up and you know, pay off your utility bills or whatever. Um, another you know, another thing he also recommends is uh, the Roth IRA. Now, if you're not familiar with either of these things, a 401k is a retirement plan, and what they do is they take pre-tax dollars out of your paycheck, and um, you know, and they put it in an, in an investment account. And uh, that money grows over time, and you know the more money you put in, uh, you know the more, you know, and the better investments you pick, you know, the more more it grows and and stuff like that. Um, and the, but that's pre tax dollars. So when you when you finally retire and you start drawing on that, then you start getting taxed on it, right? <clears throat> so you forego paying taxes now, but you're going to get taxed on it later. The Roth IRA is great because it's uh, post tax dollars. So after you get paid, after all your taxes are taken out um, of your paycheck, you get your, you know your, um, your net, inc- your net paycheck. Then you take money from that and put it in a Roth IRA because you've already paid taxes on it. It grows tax-free for the rest of your life, and when you draw on it when you retire, you don't have to pay any taxes on it. So um, that growing tax-free and then being able to draw on it tax-free is a huge benefit. So you should absolutely you know, take advantage of that. And I, I do both. I, I absolutely do both. Um, and, and, uh, you know, Dave Ramsey says that, you know, a Roth IRA is better than a 401k because it grows tax free. But he also says that if your company offers a, uh, you know, a, a match, a lot of companies offer a 401k match. So let's say you put in, um, I don't know, $3,000 Three thousand dollars a month. I'm just throwing that out there. Three thousand dollars a month. Your company might match that, so they'll they'll throw another three thousand dollars. That's free fucking money. That's free money. So there's no reason to not take advantage of something like that. Um, but both are great, you know. And, and like I said, I I do both of those, and there and I have them allocated the way Dave Ramsey recommends, which is twenty five percent in large cap uh, stocks. So and I don't do stocks. I, I do uh, index funds. I'll get into that too. He recommends mutual funds. They're they're essentially the same. I'll I'll talk about that a little bit more. But um, I have 25% in uh, large cap index funds, 25% in mid cap index funds, uh, 25% in small cap index funds, and 25% in international index funds. And it's just it's a super 25, 25, 25 method. And uh, it's, it's worked out great for me. And another thing that he recommends too is looking at your mutual fund or your index fund um, and then look at its performance over a long period of time. And most of the time when you're picking your funds in your, uh, you know, whoever your 401Ks with or your Roth IRAs with, you can look at 10 to 20 years of their performance and you can see which ones have traditionally done well in that long period of time. Because this investment strategy is a it's a long game strategy. You're not going to get rich quick. It's all about, you know, sticking with it and putting money in and holding it and stuff like that. So, you want to look at how they've performed over a long period of time, you know, 10 to 20 years. So, I always pick ones that are at least doing, you know, 10%. If they're doing better than 10% over, you know, average over 10 years, that's fucking awesome. So, I have all all of those allocated the way Dave Ramsey recommends in index funds that have Done ten percent or better, and uh, I've noticed, you know, especially like uh, last year, you know, the stock market was kicking ass. I think I I did a twenty one percent average over the that year. Fucking amazing. Uh, this year it's been uh, up and down because of the COVID nonsense, but. If I look at it right, I think the last time I looked at it, it was at uh, about 10%, which is still pretty good. And Dave Ramsey talks about you know if, if you start putting money into these index funds, he's, he always does the uh, reference of 12% because over the last, I think, like 75 years, the S&P 500 has, um, on average, grown about 12% a year. So that's where he gets that 12% number. Um, and obviously it's not like that every year, some years are up, some years are down, but on average it trends upwards at about 12%. So as long as you're doing that, you know, you can easily retire, uh, with, with million, you know, a million dollars or more if you, especially if you start early. Um, okay. The next baby step is pay off your house. Um, oh no, sorry. It's, uh, Pay for your children's college. I think <laughs> that's right. I think I might have these backwards, but it's uh, let's let's do the the children's college thing. He wants you to set aside, start setting aside, a savings for your your children's college because you know education is important. You want your kids to do well in life and stuff like that. I am not going to be doing that. I'm not going to be doing that uh, because. One, my, my parents didn't pay for my college. I had to figure out how to do that on my own. I ended up joining the military so that I could get the Montgomery GI Bill to pay for college. Um, but I feel like having gone through college and you know, hearing stories of other people that either have a free ride or their parents paid for it or whatever, they don't appreciate it. You know, they go to college and they party for four years and they barely get by because they're not the ones paying for it. But if you're fucking paying for your own college, you appreciate it. You want to get the most out of it. And that's what I want for my kids. I want my kids when they go to college, if they go to college, to really respect, you know, the amount of money they're paying for it and that so they get the most out of it. Now, I also, uh, my parents, you know, raised me. With the idea that, oh, if you don't get a bachelor's degree, at least a bachelor's degree, you're not going to be shit in life. And I disagree with that now because especially with the cost of college being as fucking astronomical as it is, um, a lot of times people go to college and they can't get a job in the field they want, you know, and so they're, you know, they, they have all this college debt and no way to pay it off and they end up going working in retail or something like that. um. So I, you know, what I tell my kids is go to college if what you want to do for your career requires it. Like my daughter has this dream right now of being a lawyer. I'm like, yeah, then you're going to have to fucking go to college for that. You know, you have to have a degree, you know, and you have to learn about the law so you can go and pass the bar exam and become a lawyer. You know, same with a doctor. You, you can't just be a doctor, you know, studying on your own, reading books you might have the information but you need to have those certifications and stuff like that in order to legally practice. So, um so yeah, I'm not paying for my kids college but that is one of the baby steps. Uh then the next one is paying off your house and you know, if by this time you have some investments and stuff like that, um you know, you you're probably you know doing pretty well. You know, you Basically, he wants you to start putting extra money on your house to pay it off as, as soon as you can. Because if you have no uh, no other debts and you have no house payment and you fucking own everything outright and you pay everything for cash, you have so much more that you can actually invest, and you'll just get that much more wealthy. Um, and then the final final baby step, because Dave Ramsey is uh, you know he's a hardcore Christian guy, you know a lot of his a lot of his stuff, he he, you know, he references the Bible a lot. So if you're like super anti Christian for whatever reason, you might not enjoy his book. You might like Tony Robbins' book a little bit better. But uh, his his last baby step is to donate. You know, basically, the more you give, you know, the more you eventually you get, you know, um, in life. Uh, but also, if you think about it from a non religious perspective, if you donate to the right things, you know, some of those things have tax benefits. So when you, you know, things like, uh, you're putting more money into your 401k, going back to that, since that's pre-tax dollars, the more money you throw into that actually lowers your taxable income. So you're actually paying I, like, you have to think about it this way. Do you want to pay your future self or do you want to pay uncle Sam? Do you want to pay the government or do you want to pay your future self? I'd rather pay my future self, so I'm going to put more money in my 401k and be taxed less on, you know, my other income. So, you know, same goes with your donate. If you donate to certain charities, uh, that's a tax write-off that lowers your taxable income right there, and it's a, it's a huge tax benefit. There's a reason why rich people don't pay as much taxes as like lower class people is because they have more money uh, to you know, they can hire better accountants for one. Uh, but two, you know, they, they have a, you know, all these different ways and incentives in the, in the tax code to reduce their taxable income. And one of those is to donate, you know? Um, so, oh, this might be a longer episode than I expected. So, uh, so that's, those are the seven baby steps, uh, for, for Dave Ramsey. And again, uh, you know, this is just a high level, but that's the breakdown of it. Um, so definitely go get that book, read that book and apply his principles and, uh, you, you'll be, you'll, you'll be blown away. So, um, but, but going, uh, changing topics a little bit, we'll talk about Tony Robbins here and Tony Robbins book, which is, um, Money Mastering the Game. It's another great book, but like I said, it's it's almost exactly the same seven fucking baby steps. <laughs> he totally ripped that off. Um, and and also, one thing that I, I mentioned too is that uh, a big difference is that he recommends low-cost index funds instead of mutual funds. So Dave Ramsey's always always talking about mutual funds. And so with mutual funds, uh, there's a lot of hidden fees on the back end to pay like por- portfolio managers and there's taxes and shit. So... Um, although you will still, you know, make money and your money will still grow in mutual funds, uh, you have to know that some of that is, you know, being removed on the back end to to pay people to to manage that. Whereas uh, index funds, there's still charges, um, but there's just less of them. So you you actually will gain more money because you are not paying as much. So it's smarter to use index funds instead of mutual funds. Another great thing about mutual funds too, mutual funds and index funds is uh, they're already diversified by nature. You ever hear people say, "Oh, you need to diversify your your investments." Well, some people think, "Well, okay, so I need to put some money in Coke and maybe put some money in AT and T, um, and then maybe put some money in uh, you know Pfizer." And, okay, now I'm diversified because I ha- I've I've bought several different stocks. That that's bullshit. Um, (laughs) When you invest in uh, an index fund, you're investing in basically a whole slew of companies in one index. And as the index grows and, you know, as one company is going up and down, other companies are, you know, doing something different. So you're already hedging your bet by putting it, by buying large swaths of, of, uh, of stocks. Instead of buying individual stocks, you're buying like a whole bucket of them. And, uh, it's just, you know, a better, safer strategy, you know, because, you know, you put all your money in, uh, you know, let's say Coke. Well, if Coke has a shitty year, you're you're going to lose a lot of money on that one investment. Whereas, you know, if you're investing in a whole bunch of companies, if one company's not doing well, other companies are doing just fine. So you're actually not losing that much money. It's kind of like uh, Bitcoin, <laughs> which I, I put a shitload of money in, uh, not a shitload, I put, you know, a few thousand dollars in Bitcoin and like lost all of it when it tanked. Um, I didn't pull any of that money out. And that's another important thing too, that both Tony Robbins and uh, Dave Ramsey talks about is like, when you have these, uh, your money in an investment, you definitely don't want to pull that out. And a lot of people do that. They see like the stock market tank. They're like, Oh fuck. I'm, I got to pull that out before I lose anymore. Well, when you pull it out, when the stock market is down or one investment is down, you lock in that loss. Whereas it's eventually going to come back up. So if you just keep putting money in, especially when you put money in when it's low like that, you're basically buying stocks at a discount and it's just going to grow that much faster. Um, So with Bitcoin, uh, when it fucking tanked, I also have um, Litecoin and Ethereum and Ripple and stuff like that. When all that tanked, I stopped putting money in it and just left it there. So now I'm just... You know, leaving it, you know, in my Coinbase account until, uh, you know, Bitcoin gets back up to around the $20,000 mark. And then I think I'm going to pull it all out and put it all into, you know, more index funds or gold or something like that. But uh, that's, I learned early on in this that you you don't want to put all your eggs in in a basket like that because when it's, especially Bitcoin, because it's so fucking volatile, that's that, like, that fluctuates so fucking much more than the stock market does. It's unbelievable. But um, so, yeah, I think that explains index funds and mutual funds pretty well. It's a a relatively safe investment because you're putting it in a whole swath of stocks and you're you're diversified by nature. And then if you buy other, you know, like multiple mutual funds or multiple index funds, then you're even more diversified, right? Um, Now, another difference that Tony Robbins recommends over Dave Ramsey instead of the the 25, 25, 25, 25 uh, method is what he calls Ray Dalio's all-weather diversification strategy. So Ray Dalio was this like – he's like the the most successful hedge fund manager of all time. And uh, Tony Robbins asked him how he would recommend putting a portfolio together. And so Ray Dalio recommended – 40% 40% in long term bonds, 30% in stocks, 15% in intermediate term bonds, uh, 7.5% in gold, and 7.5% in commodities. And then that's supposed to be perfectly diversified. So if the stock market crashes one day, you're not going to lose that much. Um, honestly, you know, the 25 25 25 does pretty well too. Um, although I will say that at the beginning of COVID, when they shut everything down, like this, I lost like $20,000 overnight, <laughs> but it's all back up now. It's all, I, I got it all back because I didn't pull anything out. Uh, but it's still pretty well diversified, and I think even the, the all-weather strategy would have lost the same amount. So um, you can do either or. They, they both, I think, work. Um, and no matter what your strategy is, stick with it once you figure out this is the fucking strategy I'm going to go with, just stick with it. Cause the big key is to make sure you keep putting money into it. Um, another thing that Tony Robbins recommends that Dave Ramsey, I don't think ever really touched on in his books. I don't remember anyway, is to rebalance once a year. So you are supposed to have these percentages when you start out, but as one bucket in your, uh, diversified portfolio starts getting bigger, you're, it's not going to be the same percentage every year, right? So the, the 25, 25, 25, 25 strategy that I have, you can see it really easily. You know, one of my, uh, investments uh, now is like at 30% and another one's at like 20% and stuff like that. And you can see that one's getting fatter, one's, some are getting smaller. And, uh, But when you rebalance all that, it it resets the deck. And uh, so I use Empower for both my Roth IRA and my my 401k. And Empower's uh, retirement platform is so easy to manage. You can easily set it to rebalance once a year. um, And you don't even have to think about it. So a lot of my stuff is running on autopilot and it just rebalances. So like I think in February, it just all goes back to 25, 25, 25. So it takes money you know, all the extra money from ones that are doing really well and redistributes it to ones that aren't doing as well or, you know, whatever, so that you have that, you you know, it goes, it goes all back to, um, the way you started. And then it just keeps, it grows faster that way, according to Tony Robbins. So, um, and I, I, uh, so that's pretty much it, you know, with the Tony Robbins stuff versus the total money makeover stuff. So, um, one thing, uh, you know, I just want to reiterate. You know, if you start early enough, you like anyone can do this. Anyone can take this strategy, and anyone can take it in basically any career field, and you can retire as a millionaire. You know, and I told my daughter, you know, when she gets her first job here, she's fifteen. She's been putting in applications. I go, if your company gives you a four hundred one k, take it. Take advantage of it. I go, but if they don't, we're going to open up a a Roth IRA for you and I want you to put away 15%, you know, because right now she doesn't have to do a lot of the the baby steps because she has no debt. (laughs) It's going to be her first job. So um, I was like, I want you to, you know, put a thousand dollars away in in an Acorns account. And then I want you to start putting 15% away in, you know, a Roth IRA or your 401k. And I don't want you to think about it. And then, as you grow up and you start, you switch jobs. Like, just roll it into your, you know, if you have 401k rolled into your next company's 401k, and just keep doing that. And I go by the time you're my age, you're going to be a millionaire. Um, so, yeah, absolutely, anyone can do it. That's why I love this the, the uh, this book and the strategy. Because if you work the system, it, if you work his system, it, you'll. There's no way you can't. There's no way you won't be successful with it. Um, And I, you know, I wish I knew this stuff when I got my first job at 14. And like I said, I'm teaching my kids about it now. Um, Anyway, that's pretty much all I have on this. Uh, I'd love to hear your guys' takes on it. If you guys uh, listen to this episode all the way through, because it's a fucking long one, (laughs) I really appreciate it. Uh, You know, leave a comment on the 3% Man page, uh, you know, what you think about it. Um, If you disagree with uh, Dave Ramsey's strategies, you know, Post a, a thing about it, tag me in it, and like, let's have that discussion. Um, I really hope that uh, some of you young bucks on the page, you know, really listen to this and, you know, go get Dave Ramsey's book and start now, you know, start that savings plan now and start, you know, don't get into, uh, you know, a whole bunch of debt, you know, pay as much as you can with cash and retire rich, God damn it. And always remember to pay yourself first, always. All right, guys, I think I've taken up enough of your time. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Come On, Man. If you're new to the podcast, I highly recommend reading How to Be a 3% Man by Corey Wayne at least 10 to 15 times. I recommend you watch his coaching videos on YouTube, and I recommend that you engage with other 3% men in our 3% Man Facebook group. Links to all of these are in the show notes. If you like this episode, please give us a good rating on your podcast platform of choice and share with all of your bros. Now go out and get it.